I took the lead. Where's a good station? Somebody's heart. Glorious. Glorious. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again. Relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name is Bill, and I'm here with longtime friend and fellow guardian, Grace Guard Dog Steve. Grace Guard Dog Steve. I'll take that name that nickname that's cool bill if you're gonna be a guard dog be a pit bull not a poodle yeah <laughs> we have too many poodles guarding grace now yeah yeah yippers yeah yeah hello everybody i'm glad that you're listening well steve today we are going to do something a little bit different than we normally do normally we pick out something that we think is important and podcasts on it. But today we are going to do something based on what happened on Facebook. And by the way, I hope you don't mind me bringing this up. <laughs> Could someone out there please help Steve learn how to post on Facebook? And Bill. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? You know, you, you had one five times. You had one upside down. One upside down. I posted one five times because I didn't think it posted. I d- didn't know how to look to see if it did. Well, we'll give you grace because it is Guardians of Grace. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. How about some help? (laughs) Some help. If any of you have any comments about how to get things done on Facebook, just get us at our Guardians of Grace Facebook page and and give us your insight because I could use it. I could use it. And so today we're going to talk about a subject. Uh, I posted a Facebook post yeah. on 2 Corinthians 3.18. Yeah, 3.18. It, well, starting at 17, it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and we all with unveiled faces as beholding in a mirror are being transformed to the same image from glory to ever-increasing glory, as some translations say. But it's interesting, Steve, that it says as beholding in a mirror, meaning there's something inside of you that you're looking at as beholding in a mirror. Right. Something you possess. James calls it the word that was implanted in you. That's true. Paul calls it the spirit, but they're saying the same thing. And anyway, when we posted it, you posted back and said, maybe this would be a good subject to do the podcast on. And turns out we had a few people that did think it was a good idea i think it was teresa and jackie yeah teresa and jackie thank you teresa and jackie we're listening to you that's for sure that's what we should do yes if anybody else has a a subject they want to tackle just post it on facebook page and and we'll we'll know to to do it to take it on find out what the bible says about the, the subject yeah We'd love to do that. Yeah. Let's see. 
the first scripture was in Second Corinthians three, beholding in a mirror. Yes. And there's this transformation that takes place. And we're transformed into the same image that we're beholding. Yes. And James says something very similar. And he uses the word mirror, too. He uses mirror in almost the opposite way. Yes, he does. In almost the opposite way, but it's the prerequisite for beholding in a mirror the image that, yes. that you want to manifest. And Paul gets his beholding in a mirror what you're not supposed to follow (laughs) earlier in the chapter, which we'll get back to. But do you want to start in James 1? I think it's either there or the Corinthian passage. Well, let's go to James 1, 22. James 1, 22. Yeah, that'd be good. Okay. Okay. So James chapter 1, and I'll start in verse 22. With the famous verse, you've heard so much preaching on this verse. And only this verse. And only this verse, instead of going through with the whole thought. But you've heard, so, you've been just bludgeoned and beaten and beaten down. They ripped your arm off and beat you with the bloody end with, with the, what I'm about to quote. <laughs> I've had that beating before. Yeah. Okay, here it is. But prove yourselves to be doers of the word and not merely hearers of the word who deceive themselves. And I'm going to go on. There's more? For <laughs> Because there is more. For anyone who is a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word. He is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror or the face of his birth in a mirror or as the side footnote says, the face of his nature in a mirror. And once he has looked at himself and gone away, he immediately forgets what kind of person he was. Should I just stop there and we'll find out what kind of person the man in the mirror is? I think we need to get to it. Otherwise, we're going to put confidence yeah. in the wrong man. Okay. We're going back to the classic example of the man who looks at his natural face in the mirror, which is found in Romans seven fourteen to 25. That's the passage where, do you want to say what Paul does or do you want me to? Well, right off the bat in verse 14, right, he says the law is, the word of the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual or natural. I am of flesh or the natural man. This is what he's saying. I am the natural man. Like James is saying, he looks at the natural man in the mirror. And now, this is what he looks like. Paul's going to remind us what he looks like. You'll know him by his fruit. Yeah. He says, just briefly, in my own words, Yes. I don't understand what I do. The good I want to do, I don't do. But the evil I don't want to do, this I keep doing over and over. Finally, he comes to the conclusion, wretched, miserable, man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? 
this natural man. The natural man. And he even says in, in that passage, I know that nothing good dwells in me. That is in the person who has his natural face in the mirror or the face of his birth or the face of his nature in the mirror. Paul is saying, in my human nature, nothing good dwells in me. I wish to do good, but I can't do it. That is what James is talking about when he says the forgetful hearer is the man who looks at that natural face in the mirror that Paul just described and forgets what kind of person he is. He is the person that the wishing to do good is present in him, but he's not the doer, the doer of good. He does not do good. He's not the doer. He's the forgetful hearer if he forgets what kind of person he was. So it's the outer man is the natural Natural man, man. and he's not a doer. The man on the driver's license, the man born of his biological parents and has a birth certificate. He is not the doer, even though he's been told a thousand times in sermons to be the doer. And he's motivated to be a doer. Highly motivated because all those sermons said, you better be a doer, not just a hearer of the word. You better be a doer. And that makes him, by virtue of that sermon, a hearer and not a doer. It's fundamentally the opposite of a doer. He's forgotten that he can't. Yeah. But he wants to. Real bad. And he's, he's subject to being motivated and manipulated. Exactly. exactly. And built up in his flesh. So James goes on to say... Step one. Step one. Don't forget your limitations. Who's that theologian that said, don't forget your limitations? That would be Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood said a man... A man's got to know his limitations. Yes. And so does a Christian. A Christian has to know his limitations, which are huge. Okay, but let's go on to step two, which is right here in the book of James. After the forgetful hearer comes back, what does he do? And he looks intently into a perfect law of dynamics. He looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and he abides in this law of dynamics. He uses this law of dynamics as his way of life. Can you ever remember us talking about a law of dynamics before? Wasn't that in in Romans 7 again? So he sees in this mirror two images. Yes. But he looks past the first one. He he looks past that first one. But doesn't forget it. At a principle. And he wants to look into this new law of dynamics, the one that will give him liberty. Isn't that what Paul said in Romans 7, 23 or so? That I see the, or no, let's say 8, 1. For the law of dynamics of the spirit of the life of Christ has set me free from the law of dynamics of sin and death. He's going to abide in this 
law of dynamics. He's going to, let's just say it bluntly, he's going to abide in the spirit and not in his own human nature. Galatians 3.3, after beginning with the spirit, are you now going to try and attain the goal by human effort, the goal of living, the goal of living the Christian life by human effort. Are you so foolish? That's. Are you so forgetful? Forgetful too. Yeah, you forgot what kind of person you are if you're trying to live the Christian life by human effort. If you're trying to live it by the Spirit, then you're looking intently into this law of dynamics that never fails, just like the law of gravity. It's reliable, and you abide in that. The same thing as 1 John 2.27 says, You do not need that a man should teach you anything, for you have the anointing, and the anointing will teach you all things. And as it is real and not counterfeit, it teaches you to abide in Christ. Doesn't James say, abide in this principle? Both saying the same thing. Abiding in Christ is abiding in this law of dynamics that says the Spirit will do for you what you can't do for yourself. Amen. Amen. And doesn't James say the same thing Paul said? He calls it the perfect law that gives liberty? Yes. And in 2 Corinthians 3, he says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. Freedom. Liberty. Isn't that the same thing as saying, in the Lord is this law of dynamics? And he says, and now we with unveiled faces. See, the veil kept us from seeing the inner man. The veil is our human nature. Let's get that one straight, too. The veil is our human nature, trying to think that we can do the Christian life in our human nature. Our faces veiled then. And it kept us from seeing the new man. The new man. Praise God for the new man. The new dynamic. The new dynamic. The law, the perfect law that gives liberty, as James says. So let's go back to 2 Corinthians 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, where Paul is virtually saying the same thing as James. He's saying exactly the same thing. Yeah. Okay, so let me read this. But their minds were hardened for until this very day, At the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because it's removed in Christ. The veil remains unlifted when you're reading out of the Bible a bunch of do's and don'ts and how to be the doer and not the hearer to be motivated in your own human nature to do the things that are pleasing to everybody around you and supposedly pleasing to God when you're doing told to do those in your human nature the veil remains on your face and you don't see that you're deceived in other words the veil remaining on your face is the same thing James said as if the person is deceiving himself exactly the thinking same. he's the doer or it's veiled that he's not the doer and then it says the veil is lifted in Christ the exact same thing James says but the man who looks in 
intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and remains in that, in Christ, he remains in Christ, which the same thing it says in Corinthians, the veil is lifted in Christ, then you see that it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, which is exactly what it goes on to say in 2 Corinthians. It's exactly, and I like the way Paul begins 2 Corinthians 3. He says, do we need letters of commendation from people saying, put stuff on our wall, and we, we disciple these people? He says, no, you prove to be manifest letters of Christ with this living word being manifest in your life. You are a letter. You are a word. You are a doer of the word, and the word in you is Christ. And it's been manifest that you're doing things you could not do in your own strength. In your own strength. Do you see the whole Bible is telling you that apart from me, you can do nothing. Abide in me, and I abide in you, for apart from me you can do nothing. It's the same thing this passage is saying. It's the same thing James is saying. Paul brought the thought up, and James just carried the baton and used the ball to tell us about these two laws of dynamics, which is none other than living in human effort or living in the Spirit's power, like Galatians said. They're all saying the same thing, that we'd be foolish to live the Christian life by human effort, that we should use the Spirit's power. It's a simple, simple message. It's the new covenant message. That is the very foundation of the new covenant. I will put my spirit in you to do for you what you can't do for yourself. I will put my spirit in you to do for you what you can't do for them for yourselves or Israel couldn't do for themselves. More literally, it was, I'll do for you what the Ten Commandments, which is what Paul was talking about, could never do. All the righteous requirements of the law, capital L law, will be fully met by us who do not walk according to human effort, but walk according to the Spirit's power. Yes, sir. There it is again. There it is again. And I like the way he kind of wraps, not wraps it up, but he makes the point in 2 Corinthians 4 where he says, He takes a quote from Genesis, and he says, God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has caused his light to shine in our hearts so that we behold the glory of God in the face of Christ. That's what happens when you look in the mirror and you see the doer. The doer is the face of Christ, which is the glory of God. And then the next verse explains what he means. And he says, we have this treasure in jars of clay, the flesh, the outer man, Mm -hmm. but it's inside the jar of clay that the power, the excellency, the fruit would be clearly seen to be of God and not of us, not of human effort not of the flesh. The fruit would be clearly seen of God. Didn't Jesus say the same thing in John 15 where he says, 
I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Nothing. And Israel was the vine that bore nothing under the Ten Commandments. In fact, in is it Isaiah 5, I think, where he talks about Israel being a vine? Yes, you were showing me that earlier. Where he says, God says, I took Israel. I planted you as a vine. I dug up the dirt. I made a, I watered it. I did everything. I made it so you could bear fruit. And then I asked you to bear fruit, to be doers. And what did it say? It bore worthless fruit. It bore nothing. But Jesus comes in John 15 and says, I'm the true vine. I'm the real vine. That word true means the real, the real vine. I'm the one that bears the fruit. And it's that life that's inside of you. It's that life that, it's that dynamic kicks in where you're beholding in a mirror and you're seeing that Christ is in you and you're seeing that Christ is bearing fruit in you, that Christ is doing everything God will require by his spirit in you. That's how it works. The only way it works, it's the only way, it's the new covenant. That's the way God said the game's gonna be played. By his spirit doing it and us giving him the credit. Makes me want to go back to Genesis 30 and show this type and shadow of beholding as in a mirror. Oh, cool. I I like the types and shadows, man. Well, you remember in Genesis 30 when Jacob is getting sick of being cheated from his father-in-law. He makes a deal with him and he says, these sheep, you pick out the sheep you want, Laban. And those will be yours. And I'll take care of your sheep and my sheep. And so his uncle or father-in-law, who's also his uncle, picks all this spotted, speckled, and streaked sheep and says, these will be mine. And he separates them a three days journey. And Jacob is left to take care of all the sheep. And so Jacob does something that he doesn't even know why he's doing it, but it's it's an amazing picture. He takes a watering trough where the sheep go to get water. Now, a watering trough is just like a mirror. You see your image in it. That's true. So these sheep are beholding in a mirror when they come to drink water. And then Jacob takes three different kinds of trees, the poplar tree, the almond tree, and another, uh, a hazel tree, I think it was. Three of them, yeah. yeah. And there's a picture with each tree. It says he takes a green white tree was the first one the white speaks of our righteousness remember in isaiah 1 though your sins be as scarlet the actual word there is adam though they be as adam they shall be white which is a picture of all forgiven that's the first tree each of those trees he cuts stripes into them he takes the outer man out the flesh out and he exposes the inner man. So these sheep, they're coming to water, to drink water. They're beholding in a mirror. They see the flesh, the outer man, but they also see the inner man, the part that's been made white as snow. And I forget the significance of these three trees. That's mm-hmm. another Bible study. Bible study in itself. But anyway, something really cool happens. These, <laughs> these sheep, who don't even know what they're doing, are beholding in a mirror this inner man and the outer man. And this dynamic is going. They're not 
forgetting the outer man, but they're also seeing the inner man. And they were transformed into the same image, and they bore fruit after the same image. Isn't that the same thing that happened that Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3 and James says in James 1, that we beholding in a mirror, we're seeing the outer man, Mm -hmm. but then we see past that and we see the the inner inner man. man. And we're bearing fruit after its own image. And doesn't it say the f- same thing in First Peter? No, I believe it's Second Peter. That we've been given everything we need for life and godliness. Could I get you to look up that word everything in the Greek? Oh, I think I, I know what that means. That means everything. <laughs> it can also be translated all things. Which all means all. <laughs> so... He's been he's given everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him. And he lists these fruit. And then he says something. But if someone is not bearing these fruit, it says they're blind or short sighted. The same thing. Right. And it says they're they veiled. forgot something. It's a- they've forgotten. They've forgotten that they've been purified from their past sins. That's why they're not bearing fruit. Just like those sheep, they saw the white, and they're not supposed to forget that they've been made white as snow. Amen. That they've been cleansed. That the inner man is sinless. The inner man doesn't sin. The inner man is a doer of the word. What a perfect type and shadow. What a perfect type and shadow. Tons of them in the Old Testament. David... In Psalm 23, talks about the, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down, makes me rest in green pastures. Speaking of life, he makes me rest in his life. And it says he he leads me beside still waters. What do you see in the still, still water? water? A reflection of your shepherd above yes. your life, where your right. life comes from. Right. So, Amen. so cool. It's, it's everywhere. It's all telling us to... Don't forget the natural man. But that's step one. But also... Find the doer. (laughs) Yes. Behold the doer of the word. Yes. Just as important, and actually that's where the good news, just remembering that you can't do anything is just makes you miserable. Makes you not put confidence in it. But you got to go a little past that and realize there is a doer of the word. Right. Because that's what caused my life to blossom. And by the way, Steve, what is the word James is saying to obey, to do? (laughs) Isn't it in the verse before? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You remember it it exactly? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Humbly accept the word that has been implanted in you, which is able to save your soul. Deliver you. Deliver. Well, who is the word? Isn't the word Christ? Yes. The, The word is Christ. He is the Word of God. So before he says, don't be a a hearer only, he says, humbly accept the Word in you. Right. Humbly accept the Christ that is in you, which is able to save you from yourself and all the shenanigans that you do throughout the day, all the different ways you embarrass yourself. Even though you're trying. Even though you're trying. I wish I had known this Oh, so many years ago. Me too. I wouldn't have been a Yahoo for all those years. I wouldn't have been a Yahoo for all those years. And I tried and I tried and I tried to be the best 
Christian, I could. And then when I caught a revelation of what the New Testament was telling me about a whole new way of life under a whole new covenant, and, and I began to realize this life was dependent on the spirit inside of me to do for me what I couldn't do for myself. Exactly. Man, everything in my life changed. That's why I'm so adamant about sharing this word about relying on the spirit. Because I've heard people say, wow, you can't really rely on, on that grace like that. That's, that's kind of scary. You've got to show them what they have to do and what they can't and give them some of the commandments. It never worked. It never, ever, ever, ever worked. Okay, all that's good, Steve. I understand mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. You depend on the Spirit. But, but, you know, there's got to be a little bit of accountability, a little bit of you doing it yourself. I know. And that's why it's such a shame. Paul calls it the glory that faded. Yes. And we go brag about this fading glory as if that's something to brag about. Right. Paul wasn't bragging on I'm sorry, Moses wasn't bragging about it. He put a veil over his face because he was embarrassed that the glow was fading. Yes, and I I always wanted to tell the people that said, no, you better not rely on that. I wanted to tell them that I relied on it and it worked because I knew that they have never relied on it. They've never given it a try, not even a try to live by the grace of God, not even a, a try to live by the energy that the grace of God gives you to live out your day-to-day life. Not even give it a try. Please, people, give it a try because I know it works. It'll work for you. It's what the Bible says to do. Why Why not trust in the Bible? Why not trust in this new covenant? Give it a try. You know, it actually says the dynamic in 2 Corinthians 3. It does work. It says, we as beholding in a mirror are being transformed from the same image from glory to glory. Just say that again, Bill. We as with unveiled faces, not deceived anymore, we realize that Christ is in us, are being transformed into the same image of Christ as beholding in a mirror are being transformed from glory to glory. Now, remember our Greek preposition? Yes, yes. Out of and into? I think it's apo and ice. Okay. Which apo and ek are similar. Yes. Ek is out of. Yeah. Apo is off. Off. So, and ice is into. Into. So that same glory that's coming off of Christ is coming into us and transforming us. Yes. And we're we're all aglow now. We're not like Moses whose glory was fading. Right. And then we say, no, it's not us doing these glorious things. It's Christ in us doing these glorious things. We're we don't take the credit. Because people know us. Yeah, right. And we're glad to give them. Glad when you to. see the Spirit working, glad to give them. Yes. Speaking of giving credit, just listen to what Paul says right here in 2 Corinthians 4, let's say starting in verse 5. Okay. For we do not preach ourselves. We don't preach us as the doer of the word. We're not bragging on ourselves. We're That's not why he said credit. I don't want letters of commendation. Right, 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 right. The fruit will be the letters. But we preach Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as bondservants 
through Jesus. The only way that we're servants and we're servants to the people around us. We're not servants to God trying to serve him mashed potatoes up in heaven or something. We're servants to the people around us. That's what it means to be Christ's servant. You're not serving Christ's potato chips or whatever. You're, you're serving the people around him. And it goes on to say, through, it says. Through him, by his power, we do this to the That's people around word, us. That's that word, dia, which means by means of. By means of him. By I means mean, of yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and then it says, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, is the one who shone in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ that was all saying that he is doing it through us and we're getting the glory and he is the glory, the very face of Jesus. You remember Jesus saying, Peter, have I been with you so long? Don't you know if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? Because if you've seen me doing things, you it was the Father doing things through me. So we would say, hey, if don't you know me so long? If you've seen me doing some good things, it was Jesus in me doing it. You know it's Jesus in me doing it. Got to stop you there, Steve. Okay. Didn't he say, God who said, let light shine out of darkness? Yes. That was Genesis 1. Yes. Everything that happened in Genesis 1 in creation, how much of it did Adam play a role in? Nothing. 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 Adam was not even created till the sixth day at the end of the day. When Adam opened his eyes, he saw a finished work. He saw finished work. Completed. Completed. Nothing to do. Nothing to do. But rest. And that's the same with us. The more we rest, the harder we work. I labored harder than all the rest, but it wasn't me. It was the grace of God in me doing the laboring because I was resting. And that's what looking in the perfect law that gives liberty. That's the image you see. It's already done. That, that looking into the law of liberty is resting. It is resting. It equals it's total resting. rest. Yeah. Then it goes on to say, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the surpassing greatness of the power of God may be of God and not of ourselves. The power may be shown to be of God and not of ourselves. How much more could he give God the credit for what he does or what is done through him by Christ? We all have to get this one point. It is not us doing the good that we see. It is God doing the good that we see through us. And you're going to see in coming podcasts how unbelievably important it is to give God the credit for what is going on. Give God the credit for what is going on. And that, in essence, is what Guardians of Grace is all about. I was going to say the same thing. Yes. That's why we started Guardians of Grace. We will make it or break it. We will live and die by this one message, that it is Christ in you who is the hope of glory, not your self-determination. Our sufficiency is of God. I think he says it perfect in the, the, the beginning of Second uh, Corinthians 3. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves Self. to think of anything, anything as coming from ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God who has 
made us capable ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, the spirit gives life. How, how straightforward can it get? The spirit gives life. We're not adequate mis- ministers in and of ourselves, but it's God in us that makes us adequate ministers. You see, we stick to the scriptures. We just behave according to the scriptures. And the scriptures are telling us, the scriptures are telling you that God is the source of your righteousness. You remember in Isaiah 64, God said, all your righteousness is is a filthy rag. But God's righteousness in you is pleasing to the people around you. Yes, it's fruit. It's fruit. It's good fruit. You see, here at Guardians of Grace, we want you to learn how to take it to the next level. We want you to learn how to live this exemplary Christian life. We want you to learn how to behave just like Jesus did. And the only way to do that is to let Jesus live through you. He's the only one who behaves just like he did. It's not you that does it. We're not here to say, God paid for all your sins and take that grace and go out and sin all you want. I don't want to hear anybody ever accuse us of that because it's not what we're about. We're not about that. We've never said it and we never will say it. We're trying to get you to live even better than you are now. And we're saying rely on the Spirit to do that. That's why there has to be a Guardians of Grace. Somebody has to be guarding this message. And we need your help, to be honest. We need you to help us spread the word that somebody is teaching about Christ in you, the hope of glory. We we need you to hit follow us on our web page and follow us on our Facebook page. We need you to be followers on both and we need you to round up everybody in your sphere of influence. Influence. That's the word I was looking for. See, I myself can't can't think of the next word in the sentence. I have to rely on the mind of Christ because I've had a stroke. I, I, I can't do it. But hopefully you realize that you are hearing from God. You, you, by one, you're hearing from God because all we're doing is pointing to scriptures and those are the words of God. Yes. But two, Bill nor I are really capable of articulating this gospel. We've both had our accidents and do not, we're we're virtually incapable of public speaking, but we do have the mind of Christ. And hopefully if you're getting anything out of this podcast, all the glory goes to the mind of Christ. It's not us, but we want you to help us promote that idea. We want you to go to your Facebook friends and say, join this Facebook page and be part of this community. And you know what? We don't even have a Facebook page. I was told during the week this week that I have to completely destruct what I thought I had built as a Guardians of Grace Facebook page and build a real Facebook page. We've made a mess of it. We made a mess of this because we're not... Steve's made a mess of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, ain't that the truth. We're not computer savvy. We need help as far as people who have 
computer skills to help us get this ministry off the ground and we need to get as many of you as possible to invite your friends to join this new Guardians of Grace Facebook page that we're going to rebuild and start all over from scratch. The demons are out. They're getting us. It's a battle for us. It's a battle for two guys that work all day and have to take on all these the demons getting us, giving us all these computer glitches and sound troubles and all the things that we're putting up with, you wouldn't believe how just barely we're making these podcasts. We're barely getting these podcasts up. We're under such an attack. It's it's just incredible. It comes from and left field. the time to come over here and get in the studio and do it. Yeah. Our attacks are unexplainable, but we're hoping that... We're you... not here to complain, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but we are reaching out. We are reaching and out. And your help would really be appreciated. If Great. you have Facebook yeah. skills, we want to be your Facebook friend and encourage you and bless you. And hopefully we can, uh, you can help us. Yes. Amen to that. Amen to that. And we'll still give God the credit. All of us will. That's one thing we will teach you to do is give God the credit, if nothing else. But with that in mind, maybe we should pray that everybody would receive this spirit of wisdom and revelation that is mentioned in Ephesians chapter 1 that we harp on so much. And we wish everybody would memorize the passage. But we we pray that you would receive this spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you can understand these scriptures with us because it's the one thing the guardians of grace has going for it is we can actually share this spirit of wisdom and revelation and you can get it and get enlightened to the scriptures like you've never seen before and i think because of some of the facebook comments that i'm getting some of you have already been touched by the spirit because Man, some of the people are talking about never seeing anything like this before. Just unbelievable comments we're getting. So it makes us know that God is doing something. He he really is causing people to understand the scriptures in a new way. Yeah. So start out with that. It's Ephesians 1, 14 is one of the prayers. Yeah. And uh, start with that one. And. It's praying that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you might know the hope of his calling. I forgot it starts out with that he would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, literally unveiling, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know the hope of your calling, the riches of his inheritance, and the incomparably great power that's available to us like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That's resurrection life power. That's what you see in the mirror that we talked about in the podcast. The power to whip sin. The power to whip sin in your life and stop misbehaving. The power to please your wife and put your marriage back together. The power to please your boss and get back on good graces with him. That's what we're talking about. There's a power here that can do that for you. Amen. So 
keep these prayers. Pray them when you read the Bible. Pray them when you open the Bible. Pray them before you start reading the Bible. You'll see amazing things happen in your understanding. Yes, and if you dare, memorize them. If Remember. you dare. Yeah. If you dare. But you won't be disappointed. No. We just want to say that we love you guys more than you'll ever know. And we pray for you constantly. Some of the prayers are put up on Facebook, the prayers that I'm praying for the guardians of grace. And it's only a fraction of what I'm praying for the guardians of grace. Come and see those prayers on our Guardians of Grace Facebook page and know that, like I said, we're praying for you guys and we love you guys. We love you. Good night. Amen. Good night.